It's like, it's like Terry Bradshaw. Terry, always pick against Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That motherfucker doesn't know what the I'm fuck I'm telling it. I'm telling it. The, 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 the Buccaneers <laughs> are going to win the game. And I said to the guy, wrecked him, damn near killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, sorry, we didn't see you there. Uh, This is Real Rotten, the podcast where we watch movies that are under 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Nick Lyons. I'm Stephen Ramirez. And uh, we got a very special Super Bowl edition episode today. Stephen, are you excited? Super excited. For the Super Bowl. Super excited. Excited yeah. for the Super Bowl. Not excited to discuss this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this movie. This movie. If you, if the Super Bowl is as good as this movie, I will never watch a Super Bowl ever again. Absolutely. Absolutely. But speaking of Super Bowl, who do you got? Uh, uh, we got the team with the bird versus the team with the person. Yeah. Uh, we got America personified. America in this, personified. In yeah, the Super Bowl. absolutely. Like yeah. white collar. Well. I don't know. There's a lot of blue-collar Patriot fans, I would say. Yeah. But but the epitome of a blue-collar team would have to be the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They're they're the working man's team, like just like Pittsburgh is, I would think. Yeah. Like Pennsylvania, that Rust Belt mentality, that that very Im- angry, very angry, most mostly immigrant mentality. You can't beat that immigrant mentality. Uh, yeah. Adrian. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah. That's the, that's the Rocky accent's my only Philadelphia that's all you got. accent. That's all you got. <laughs> is there is there a Philadelphia accent? There that's is not the Rocky accent. There is. It's uh it's weird. Like uh, I had ex roommates who are from uh, Pennsylvania, and it's it's like sort of a Wisconsiny, but it's like yeah, it's hard to describe. Um, uh, but I gotta go with them. I gotta go with the Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly. Um, let the Eagles soar like it's never soared before. Uh, Carson Wentz is out, but Nick Foles can carry that team as a quarterback, and they have stellar defense to back it up, along with stellar, stellar, stellar uh, wide receivers. Okay, I'll take the Patriots just to be uh, just to be a contrarian. Yeah, yeah appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate that. And uh, winner gets to host the podcast. I mean, you can never honestly, you can never count out. Yeah, obviously, uh, winner take all. Obviously, <laughs> you can't. We're putting the podcast on the line. Yeah. Winner gets the podcast. Yeah, winner gets the pod. <laughs> the the X factor to this entire game, obviously, in case anybody is, John Gruden. Tony Romo. Out. He's not commentating. It's uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Okay, I'll it's take it. It's on that. NBC's. Um, Better than Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, you can go Joe Buck yourself. Um, but Tony Romo, man. Oh, I'm just loving that guy more and more now. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, the back, back to what I was saying, though. The X factor to, to the entire Super Bowl for the past... A million Super Bowls with Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. You can never count that man out. TB twelve. No matter, no matter what the situation. Shout out to uh, my dad, who won't listen to this podcast. Yeah, good. He's uh, reading the TB twelve diet book. Oh, he's all about it. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, dad, does this make you hate Tom Brady more or love Tom Brady more?" And he said, "Hate Tom Brady more." <laughs> he's just like he acts like it's so easy. Every single time, it's just like the next page. He's like, "And then I did that." <laughs> and then, and then it's like, and then I lost five pounds. Just then I met Giselle. Then we had children together. <laughs> so just follow these simple rules: play football, win a Super Bowl, get a hot wife, have children, win another Super Bowl, go to Super Bowls half of my career, and then succeed. Yeah, that's the American dream. And then lose twenty pounds. Yeah, American dream. Yeah, greens, uh, and magic. I'm pretty sure he believes in magic. Witchcraft. And uh, 
Really quick before we get into this episode, last movie you saw? In theaters? Yeah, sure. Uh, in theaters, I saw The Post, uh, believe it or not. No, actually, I did not. I saw The Commuter in theaters. Uh, you know, <laughs> classic Liam Neeson. Uh, uh, We're romp, literally in Oscar season right now. <laughs> it's Oscar season, uh, and, and uh, God bless Movie Pass. That's all I got to say. I'm watching all my watching all my Oscar noms, noms movies. Uh, 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 shameless plug. Anyways, give me money, Movie Pass. Uh, I would have to say The Commuter's not a bad movie. It's Liam Neeson at his finest, being a old man who's, who plays a young man. How was Vera Farmiga? Uh, she was good. She was barely in the movie. Oh, I mean, she might have had like five minutes of screen time. I miss her. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, she. She was a bookend of the movie, if you would. She's at the very beginning, at the very end. But, but I'm going to leave that as well. Spoiler! I'm alert. waiting for you to make your move. Yeah. The, de- the Departed. Yeah, the Departed. <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's her line. I saw a uh, flick called. Actually, I saw 20 minutes of Call Me By Your Name. Oh, okay. Why only 20? Uh, because the theater f- fucked up and cut off the subtitles. What? And I've, se- I've already seen the movie, which is why I was like, get me out of here right now. <laughs> they gave me two movie passes. Oh, nice. Besides the movie pass that I already have. Where'd you see it at? In Brentwood. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, saw the beginning. That's cool. And then was like, no. So you got two movie passes on top for of the movie IMAX. Pass so I can see, oh, yeah, I can IMAX. see two IMAX movies. So you're gonna see movie like, pass doesn't take care of that. Yeah, yeah. So we see Black Panthers. But let's like stop that. dicking around. Let's put this ball in the end zone. Let's cross this first down line. Let's throw a deep pass to your mama's house and make the catch. If you know what I mean, it's time to get into the movie. The movie we watched today was When the Game Stands Tall, the well-known and. Uh, <laughs> top 10 football movie of all time for those fans out there that have seen it this movie's about de la salle this movie's about football this movie's about god mostly mostly it's uh if you consider a top 10 movie uh, about a high school football team that everyone hates because they're so good and they practically are a college football team then yeah this would be this would be in that list in the running for sure yeah i uh was raised in the era of the streak okay and uh i was in the same my high school was in the same conference as de la salle oh that sounds horrifying yeah it was just the worst yeah they would just come and destroy us give some background to this to this to the school so the so the premise is it's about this famous high school in uh concord california concord, yeah. uh it's a private uh, catholic academy uh known as de la salle they're notorious for having a stellar football program and that's about it though right they're not famous for having a stellar basketball program wrestling their, bas- their teams are good are they yeah their uh, golf team fucking wrecked us oh okay <laughs> yeah. like we would show up and then they could have played their whole second string which you don't have in golf first no. of all yeah and the JV uh, squad. that yeah the jv squad just would destroy us just like utterly ut- annihilation so uh yeah they're good at everything okay but they also don't have girls at their school yeah, yeah, it's one of those weird seg- seg- segregated... We'll, we'll get more into it because we have a story in here. <laughs> well, we got it here. We let's talk about the movie first before we. Before well, yeah, we let me, yeah, let me, let me lay out the. Statistics. Okay, we'll let it all this out, right? Statistics. Kyle? I've had the hardest time saying the word statistics lately. Directed by Thomas Carter, well known for movies such as Coach Thomas Carter and Save the Last Dance by Thomas Carter. <laughs> he likes that his name in the titles. Yeah, I don't like know Lee Daniels. That guy. He's like Lee Daniels. He's like Lee Daniels, who choose a first name already, Lee Daniels. Yeah. 
Is it Lee or Dan? And Tyler Perry. (laughs) What's up with these first names as last names? Uh, Never trust somebody with two first names. Right? It was written by Scott Marshall Smith, who is, of course, you know him for writing Men of Honor. The the score. wrote Men of Honor. Yeah. That's a a long-standing He's literally written four movies. He wrote Men of Honor, The Score, Back-to-Back Years, which is amazing. Both De Niro vehicles, by the way. Yeah, he only wrote four movies and his first two were those two and now he wrote when the game stands tall and camera story did he just which which came out this year wow he's riding high on that men of honor money yeah what happened he yeah he just took time off and then uh in this movie we got some very notable actors first and foremost jim caviezel one of the greatest (laughs) actors of all time (laughs) jim caviezel uh, pay, uh, plays the the head coach Bob Laducer, right? Laducer, 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 Laducer. It looks, yeah, it looks. They like said Laducer. it like fifteen times in the movie. It's Laducer. It's it's Laducer. Laducer. Cut all of this out, guys. <laughs> no, no, keep, keep it. Keep it. Um, Who's next? Oh, man. So so you have Jesus in this movie, also known as Jim Caviezel, because he was in the Passion. <laughs> but you also yeah, have. I'm trying to think that he only does Jesus movies. He, uh, he was in Bobby Jones. Yeah, golf was, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Which I was about. Okay, were you about it? He was good in uh, Pay It Forward. Amazing movie. Oh, Pay he It Forward. He played the homeless man in, in Pay It Forward, where Haley Joel Osment first started his experiment. So Jesus. Yeah, basically Jesus, homeless man gets uh, gets to pay it forward. Anyways, uh, man, supporting cast can't go wrong with it. Michael Chiklis, also known as uh, Vic Mackey, the head detective, uh, uh, dirty criminal extraordinaire of. The critically acclaimed series, The Shield. Also, his Ben name, Graham. His name, his nickname wasn't The Shield in that show. No. Oh, yeah. I was. I, I was guess I've never. I guess I've never seen. You've never episode. seen The Shield. It makes me sad when you say something like that. Like I, I just. I know he did have another out. nickname, The Thing. Yeah, Ben Grimm. Laura fucking Dern. Yeah, Laura Dern, du- uh, two-time Academy uh, Award-nominated actress. You have Clancy Brown, classic bad guy. Uh, known as Clancy Brown, he was the bad guy in Highlander. Of course, he was the uh, the bad uh, Shawshank. Uh, yeah, bad head security uh, chief in Shawshank, which I was watching last night. By the way, just to, just to so shout him out, he's great. And little known fact, little known fact, he is the voice of Mr. Krabs in yeah. SpongeBob SquarePants. He is he is a lot of voices. I was looking at his he he gets he works a lot. Great voice actor. He is bringing in that cash money yeah seems like a decent fellow all he does is uh all he does is work his butt off and uh hats off to clancy brown and as far as the kids we got alexander ludwig who you may know from something yeah who's alexander ludwig oh, you're gonna make me look him up fuck i was really hoping to ignore him you know him from hunger games he's oh, that's K- right. he's kato that's yeah. right he's the he's in the first uh one who tries to be the the top dog and uh plot keywords for this movie are drama family and sport so if you, if, you go, if you Google any of those things, this movie will be the first thing you see. Man. Studio Sony Pictures released in 2014 in August, rating PG. PG-13, correct? No, I'm just ending it there, PG. Oh, just PG. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a lot of, uh, a uh, lot for, of suggestive material in this movie. They said an PG. instance of smoking. <laughs> it was in the <laughs> in Oh, yeah, because he's smoking cigarettes in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Yeah. That's right. Rotten Tomatoes rating of 18%, 12 fresh reviews, 53 rotten, Ooh, 72% man. audience. Yeah, audience loves this audience movie. Audience is all about it's, it. If this movie is in your wheelhouse, by all means, you'll enjoy this movie. If you like general football, uh, 
super dramatic, but come come up against all odds. I feel like half the half the U.S. is like God in football. Yeah, right. Those are their two things. Yeah, they would love the shit out of this movie. Absolutely. The the quote unquote flyover states, folks. You 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 you'll enjoy this film. And a budget fifteen million. Some for some reason. It's a low budget. And Jim uh, took a pay cut for that. Gross thirty one million. In the, hey, they, in the U.S. Hey, they basically broke even on that, right? You're supposed to make double in order to break even. Is they that, probably is made that the more. Rumor? They probably made more. Yeah, so they're they're definitely in the black. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes uh, uh, critics consensus here is an uneasy blend of solid game sequences and threadbare inspirational sports drama cliches. "Quote unquote," when the game stands tall is overshadowed by better players in a crowded field. Man, all that allegory, all that all- alliteration. Yeah, I think that. At the end of this podcast, we will end it the day we interview the guy that writes the blurb yeah. for Rotten Tomatoes. I want to find out who that guy is. Shake or a woman. Hand. Could be a woman. And uh, we each picked our own personal blurb that we like the most. Uh, mine, I will go first, is Jordan Hoffman from the New York Daily News. Undeserving of a victory dance. Yeah. Which is, in Daily South terms, the slide into the end zone. Oh, yeah, that's their that's their thing. That's what they do. Boo. At, end of, at the end of every game, right? Yeah. That, that's their victory It said thing. online that when they win a championship, but I'm pretty sure that they do that in every game. Every game is a championship game to them. You just got to have that champion mentality that's every true, game, or else, or else you're going to be in the dirt, just like Liberty High School. Oh, yeah. Just I, like I said it. I said it. Um, so, so my blurb is from... Uh, uh, not a top critic, but he's still a critic, so I'm gonna I'm gonna count that. Jonathan W. Hickman of Daily Film Fix puts almost as bad as that moment in cinematic history when the real Buzz Aldrin has a conversation with Optimus Prime. Should be retitled uh, colon when the facts don't matter. Hashtag fake news. This ge- this movie is fake news. Like the, I think that's why uh, uh, Middle America would enjoy it as well. They they do enjoy some ha- uh, hashtag fake news once in a while. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Down. Set. Let's get into it. And now it's time to talk about this movie that we like to call When the Game Stands Small. Right? That's funny. Funny. That was a nice play on words. Yeah, nice play on words. Now it's time for Three Minute Recap. Three Minute Recap. And today, special edition of the Three Minute Recap. The one minute recap. Oh my god! Yeah, this you can get over this in one minute. You don't need three minutes to. Describe yeah, you this only movie. need one minute for this yeah, movie. Absolutely. So I'm ready for it. Kyle, our producer is in studio. <laughs> Believe it or not. What does the timer read at this moment? Thirty-six fifty-three. Oh my god! He's not even using Five a real seconds. timer. <laughs> three. Does how football club is a team. In Concord, California, it's a high school. And they decide, we have a streak of 151 wins. And then everybody's like, yeah, nobody's ever going to beat us. And then all of a sudden, one of the kids gets shot. He has his best friend go to Oregon. (laughs) And in Oregon, he finds a career as a football player. Cut back to Concord, California. The head coach of De La Salle having a really hard time in life. He is a smoker, has a heart attack. This is all before the season starts. He has a heart attack, can't return to the team. They're coached by a lesser coach, which is Michael Chiklis. And eventually, it comes football season. They have a pretty tough first game against Bellevue. They lose. Streaks over. This happened halfway through the movie. And then they, guess what? Lose the next game. And then they win against the team in L.A. 
and then everything is back okay again. That's it. That's the whole fucking movie. That's basically the movie in a nutshell. Um, and I, I took way too long in the beginning part, and I still got to the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> what a great description of, of, of a third of the movie. They lose, they, they overcome adversity, they win, then another bad thing happens, and then they overcome adversity. And that's it. That's yeah. really all it is. We'll get into it. It's but before we get into it, it's, it's time to bring in our special guest. Sitting idly by for the past 30 minutes of yes, nonsense. Yes, he has been idle. You should never leave your car on idle that long because this guy is a car. He's a machine of wits and math. He is made up fully of long hair, beard-ish. Like, he's still working on it, how to wear his beard, but he's wearing a beard. He's a married man. Sound mind. Sound ho- body. A homeowner. He is painting a house. You couldn't be more responsible than this guy. We got Michael Waddington. Hello, Michael Waddington. Hi, Michael. What's up, friends? Good to be here. It is, I will comment on Stephen's earlier remark, it is hot AF in this room right now. It's actually by design, I think, uh, never having been here before. I think you guys like to personify or exemplify the movie within the recording studio. So we are a football locker room. We're playing right now. We are ready. We're playing Long Beach Poly right now. None of us are wearing shirts. I'm already sweating. Um, I've taken my pants off. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting real. I'm just wearing a jock. Right, I just tucked it all up in a jock. That's the only thing I got going on. (laughs) (laughs) And we like to bring in guests uh, with the segment that we call "Act It Out." And uh, the scene we're doing today from "When the Game Stands Tall" is when uh, Chris Ryan, the star of the football team, and his father Mickey Ryan are uh, exiting Dick's Sporting Goods. They run into Coach Bob. Who will be played by me? Yeah, Mickey, the father, will be played by our friend Stephen. Yeah, honoring Clancy Brown today. And uh, in the third spot, as the superstar Chris, we got Michael Waddington living out the dreams that he never got to as a football player. You can call me Christopher. Call me Christopher. Christopher right. Ryan. Just, just Christopher for the sake of the scene, Christopher okay. Ryan. Hey, Christopher. Yeah. Not said once in the whole movie, but we'll just go right past that. Hey, this movie's not made on facts. So here we go. They're exiting. Uh, I will read the scene headings as well. All right. Uh, Go Spartans! Banner is in the window. Bob exits his car and walks towards the entrance. Mickey and Chris exit with bags. Hey, coach. Hey. (laughs) Great game Friday night. Another three touchdowns for the beast. Some girls in a passing car squeal and shout, Hey, Chris, bring home the record. Keep the streak alive. Yeah, he played well. Whole team did. Ready to break the scoring record. Got a place for the trophy. All picked out. Bob gives a slight smile, then starts into the store. Mickey and Chris head to their car. Bob stops, turns. Hey, Mickey. Mickey wheels around. Did Chris show you the thesis he wrote for my class on Matthew twenty three twelve? Amazingly insightful for someone his age. Really terrific. You should read it. Bob turns and walks into the store. Mickey studies him darkly as he and Chris walk toward Mickey's caddy. Parking lot, Concord, day. Matthew twenty three twelve. What's he talking about? We're on the way to the championship and a state record. All those who exalt themselves will be humble. You're a kid in high school, okay? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps he was really into it. 
okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, like I did. I did not mean to question your Bing question. Is <laughs> Bing Rains in high school right now? We'll start. We'll Sorry, start. I can't, yeah, I can't see him move over. Start from your line. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mickey stares, eyes blazing. Exalted. Scored 37 touchdowns in one season. That's how you get exalted. Reaching Mickey's Cadillac, they get in. Nothing. Mickey's eyes narrow as he softens. Do you know what winning this record will mean for you? For your life? Do you have any idea how differently people will look at you? Respect you? You break this record and you'll have something that no one can ever take away from you. That's the real world, Chris. Getting yours. It got me a nice life. I want the same for you. That's not why I'm pushing you so hard. Not for me. For you. You're a salesman, Dad. (laughs) I'm a what? You sell cars. Don't try to sell me. This is for you. I'm just another trophy like all the others in your case. Like all my medals you've been collecting since middle school so you can show them to everybody who walks in the house. I'm sick of it. Mickey grabs Chris's arm and yanks him close. You ungrateful little punk. As long as you live in my house, eat my food, you will do what I tell you and show me the respect I deserve. Now promise me, with that Sunday school mouth of yours, you're going to get me that record. Okay. No, I want to hear you say it. I promise I'll get you that record, Dad. Scene. And scene. And scene. Well, welcome, Michael. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for uh, indulging us. Michael's here. We, I liked your acting choices, and by liked, I mean it was as good as the movie, which means I hated it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I thought the pastor voice in the beginning really lended some creativity that was really lacking in the film. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, whatever you say. I'll take it. Take it, put it in my pocket, save it for a rainy day. <laughs> so, Michael, uh, tell, us, tell us your background Background. Okay. Well, I'll I'll save you the uh, <laughs> the overly positive light that Nick happened to paint me in with the the homeowner painting uh, and the the adult having figured everything out. Maybe he didn't even say that part, but I'm yeah, going to yeah. credit you with having credited me with saying that before. Well, um, let me let me ask you actually two questions that yeah. would relate you to this movie. Did you go to Dallas and did you play football? Uh, both no. I did try out for my own high school's football team. Yeah, how did that which, go? That's let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, I, I, you know, full disclosure, went to the same high school as Nick here, and uh, well, I was I was dreaming of becoming a high school wide receiver. Uh, my dad had been wide receiver in his high school, and it was just I always was sort of living in the shadow of my dad because I was a a skinny little boy, nerdy, um, overly polite, um, built like an eleven year old girl. And all true, um, all true. I wanted to go out and prove myself by becoming wide receiver. Now he's so just I, like I went, a really tall eleven-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, well, that came later. Yeah. But so yeah, I go to going. I go to football practice, and uh, I'm I am so stoked. I'm excited to be there. I'm going to take over the world. I'm already envisioning myself reaching out for that game-winning touchdown. And uh, I get about two weeks into practice, and mind you, the entire time. Uh, it's routine for several members of the existing football team to come over and watch me work out. And this isn't because they're inspired or they're impressed. It's because I'm doing like barely minimum enough weight to get the machine to function properly. Um, and I am just having a hell of a time with it. And I, I can vouch for all that. I'm, I'm sweating about as much as I am in this room right now. And it's, it's terrible. And, and, after two weeks, you know, the coach kind of pulls me aside and says, you know, um, also, there are golf tryouts. Um, yeah. And so maybe, you know, 
that would be a, a better option. So for the you. coach approached you and said, <laughs> by any other sport, this man's a failure, but his goal is to be, become a varsity golfsman. That's what and, he decided? You know, d- despite how, how heartbroken I was in that moment, I think it actually paid Bevin, uh I don't speak English very well. Dividends. It doesn't, dividends. I say benefits or dividends. It actually Both. it worked out well because I went out to said golf team and I tried out and I, I made the team and I got my varsity jacket through um, the the only non-contact sport our school had to offer, except for maybe volleyball, but that has running. Uh, that has lots so, of contact. The ball contacts you. Ball contacts your yeah, forearms. Yeah. You, get, you get broken capillaries. It's not Yeah, funny. high fives, lots of high fives. Lots golf, of high fives, golf lots little of to no high fives. But the, the fun part about golf, besides the fact there was no tackling and no working out, which and I've already proven. It was the best proven, practice in the history of high school. Yeah, go, <laughs> go just like, play golf go for play two golf, hours. Kids. Yeah, But no, the, the best part was that Again, De La Salle was in our league in, in high school at the time, and so I got to experience the whole De La Salle kind of aura that they had and uh, learn to just deal with it the best we could. So, But I, I suspect we'll get more into that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I would say that their golf team probably personifies the type of person that we thought went to De La Salle as much as like a football De La Salle guy. Meaning yeah. like just yeah. like privileged white kid. Mm. I mean, not we that would, we weren't, <laughs> but we were. We didn't play on the worst golf course ever, but we showed up to play De La Salle at that, their home course, and uh, the whole locker room is is made of actual gold. Um, and I, I asked yeah. them about it later. I was like, "This is this is gold plated, right?" And they were like, "Fuck you! It's solid gold." Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna tell my dad's like, lawyers that you yeah, said that. It's something like forty thousand dollars, like a day to be there. It's it's insane. What? And uh, yeah, so yeah. you know that's that's this, the uh, moment we realized. It's granted, just not we go are well for from us. the outsiders looking in. I know a couple of Dallas guys. They are totally okay, like cool. okay, fellers. okay to awesome people. Okay, I love some people that went to Dallas. All right, that's fair enough. And uh, we're going to try to get an interview with one of them. So if you hear that in the podcast, it's going to happen right now. And if you don't hear it, it means that we're just moving on. <laughs> and so I think that I think now is a good time to uh, get into the movie. Yeah, you let's ready? do it. You guys ready to talk about when the game stands tall? Yeah, I, I, I always I, I think so. Uh, let's uh, let's let's uh, start with the segment that all of our fans know. Oh, do they? Yes. Okay. It's called. Who made the movie work? And who didn't work in the movie? So uh, let's all say, let's go around and say our favorite characters and our least favorite characters in the movie. Uh, for favorites, let's start with Steven. Favorite character in the movie, without a doubt, is Michael Chiklis. Just because I respect the actor so much, and uh, and he always is uh, complaining how he plays a serious role all the time, because he, he has the perfect face for it. Yeah. He looks like a bad guy. He can't smile. But he's apparently the nicest guy in the world. Like, he seems uh, like a really nice guy. Like, he really wants children to come up to him and say, hey, I loved you as the thing. Like, he really enjoys that, and uh, he starred in that family Do show. Do they say, I love you in that thing? And then he's like, yeah, Fantastic Four? They're like, no, 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 no. No, he said, I love you in that thing. He's like... I know, thank you. It's like, it's a universal answer. Yeah, and then he My- does like, thing, punch! And he punches him right in the face. That's what the thing does, right? It's clobbering time. It's, it's cobbling time, making shoes. That's Michael Chiklis' side gig, working as a cobbler. Yeah. Michael Chiklis uh, uh, made the movie work for me best. He He's known as a, a more of a bad guy actor in that Vegas show and in also Gotham. He plays a, he plays a major character in the first few seasons. But he um, he's known 
known in real life as a super nice guy. So this movie sort of sort of gives that perspective back that Michael Chiklis actually can be a nice guy. I would say that he fit good, the good most movie. in the movie. Absolutely. Like, Even though he looked nothing like the actual coach. Oh, yeah. No. The actual coach is like super skinny. The actual coach is taller, taller than the actual head coach. And so he played the total opposite role. And him as a goatee, I couldn't buy it. But yeah, yeah. Besides, besides that, he was fantastic. Yeah, he seemed like a D-line coach. He seemed like a football coach. He was the most football coachy out of any of them Absolutely. in the whole movie. Absolutely. Michael, who worked in the movie for you? Who worked for me? I'm going to say Laura Dern. She was, yes. she was the one Can't where as Dern. soon as she came on the screen, I was like, oh, thank God, an actress I can respect. Some pedigree. Uh, finally, maybe this movie is going to be Laura better Dern. than I thought it was going to be. Uh, also, the worst person in this movie, or who didn't work... Laura Dern, uh, <laughs> because she she let me down. Uh, you know, it was embarrassing to her on behalf of the movie that she was even in it. It's sort of like uh, Oscar, who's now from Oscar from the yeah, Office, he's who's in now the doing State, State Farm all, or something commercials. Commercial, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like you have that feeling of you're better than this. Why? Oh, Laura Dern why? is so much better than this movie. Why? Um, so she she just she, won a Golden Globe. I she's on top of the world right now. She, she's dating Baron Davis. Yeah, she's living. That's like my all-time favorite meeting of the worlds. Like sports and entertainment is my zone, and Laura Dern and Baron Davis represent both parts of that equally well. (laughs) And them together, I just want to have. I just want that baby to be in my arms, right now. Well, despite the turn that this took, I will just (laughs) sum it up with: uh, she's fantastic. This movie was beneath her, and uh, I hope uh, I hope she just takes those those royalty checks from this movie and just burns them. Oh, Michael Waddington, hoping for the best for Laura Dern. Uh, Nick, who who made the movie work for you? Uh, my favorite character. You know, I, I had a few going into the, the ending of the movie. And then he came up one more time near the end and solidified his spot in, like, my favorite character of the movie. And that's, I don't know his name, but his name is Trumpet Son to me. Trumpet Son? He's the younger brother oh, wow. of yeah. the coach. The coach's main kid. And this kid was never seen without his trumpet. Yeah. I lo- his dedication was Super incredible. Dedication. We heard him play a song, Yankee Doodle. Yeah. It was so bad. But <laughs> how do you how do you always have your trumpet with you, yet you can't <laughs> play a trumpet at well, all? Well, it showed a little bit but of progression. I love his dedication was the best part of the movie. If any of the players on the football team cared as much about football as this kid cared about his trumpet, they would have never lost the 152nd game. Yeah, they would still be on the streak right now, but they didn't care as much as this kid cares about his trumpet because he always had his trumpet with him. Yeah. I don't know why they were just like, whenever we see this kid, he needs to be playing with this trumpet. <laughs> like it's his thing. It's like his it's thing. his thing. Yeah. And uh, who, by the way, that was who didn't work in the movie for me. <laughs> oh, that was who didn't work. I thought that was totally who did work in this movie. Oh wow. <laughs> But you started it with, oh, you made this movie work. I know, I liked him so much now that I think about it. He's your best and worst, just like uh, Waddington with Lord yeah, yeah. you, you We can keep this. And uh, honorable mention to Beezer. Oh, yeah, Beezer. Beezer. The, the, the D-lineman, I loved his his uh, his optimism Man. and his, his effort. Oh, my God. Um, anyways, the, who didn't make it work for me since you both said who didn't make it work for me? I didn't... I didn't uh, Express myself earlier and who didn't make it work, but I would have to say Michael Chiklis's goatee did not work in this movie. <laughs> it was it was not the right fit for him. He's better off just being a clean shaven, uh, scary scary looking man with a heart of gold. I agree. Yeah. Uh, what what I did fail to mention is that Michael and I were both in high school, 
the the year that the streak ended. Oh. And I I think I specifically remember the streak ending. Because De La Salle was in our conference, and we were just freshmen, and we had always heard about De La Salle going into high school. And we knew that we were going to play him. I was going to Liberty High School at the time, which did not get featured in the movie. Boo. This movie would have gone up a peg had the school I was at at that time been featured in it, because then I could have said, like, I knew that player, even though they're all actors. <laughs> they did mention Freedom and Free- Pittsburgh. Yeah, and why basically would they- every yeah, other Pittsburgh. school in our division uh, except Yeah, Liberty. the note that I took was like, Pittsburgh is the rivals? Like, <laughs> what? And now it's time for the next segment. We got best and worst scene. Oh, yeah. And uh, by best and worst, we mean the best worst scene. The best worst scene. So, uh, Stephen, you already were starting. I feel like we should give guests right this yeah. time, this round. Uh, Michael, what do you think uh, was, your, was your best worst scene? Yeah, think favorite scene, favorite because it's bad. Or good. Or good, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, this this may be stupid, but I'm going to take the very, very beginning of the movie, right? Because it's it just sets the tone for the bullshit that I'm going to spend uh, the next two hours dealing with that I spent $3.99 on to rent um, for the purposes of this afternoon experience. HD! We, we, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to actual footage yet, right? Like, nothing has come up on the screen. We're just in dramatic music yeah. and then white letters on black background right and it's like best football streaks in sports history it says oh, new yeah. england patriots 21 straight wins and then it says oklahoma Sooners. it equates a high yeah, school some other, streak yeah. to fucking the pros yeah so because you know the apparently de la salle belongs in the same record book as the new england patriots right so we're just going to pretend like that didn't happen then we cut to the locker room all right and we got Bob. Coach Bob is up there. Uh, Coach Bob. And he's, he's, he's talking about they're trying to frame adversity, but all they have to work with is just compliments about themselves. He said, you know, we used to be a team about morals, but somewhere along the fame and the money and the attention and the celebrity and the scholarships <laughs> and the high fives and the notoriety and the, and God. the interviews, <laughs> and God being on our side, and recruiting from a 30-mile radius yes. in one of the most populated areas in California, <laughs> the most populated state in the country. We've lost our way. And it's like, okay, you just gave yeah. yourself You're 12 the compliments yeah. and then said, but we've lost our way. You've been in the middle of like an 11-year win streak yeah. because you just get all of the resources. Don't try to frame this as an adverse scenario. You're about to win your fifth straight state championship. <laughs> what the fuck? That's when I knew this movie was going to be such, such bullshit. That is my biggest problem with this movie. And I don't know if it's because we were in the same conference and we like had to deal with De La Salle all the time is that we're like bitter towards them. But I... I will never feel bad for them. Like, no. there's nothing in that and movie. The only time I felt bad in that whole movie was when Terrence Kelly, TK, got shot yeah. in a drive, in like the, when he pulled up to pick up his cousin. And that turns out is real. Yeah, it's a real story. Like, that. that's the only time I felt bad in the whole movie. They even took a scene where you but, should hate De La Salle more, and they flipped it onto, like, feeling bad for De La Salle. It was, it was you'll love this. It's about in the maybe early third of the movie. And it's all like the head coaches of all the football teams in Beaval, which is the Bay yeah. Valley Athletic League, which is the league we were in in I'm high school so that De La Salle that was that in at the time. Is. Right. So they're in Beaval, and they're, they're in this big football-shaped table, and they're all talking about how <laughs> De La Salle, you guys are, are just so unfair. You know you get the best players from the entire Bay Area. This is not fair. You cannot. You, you guys blow us out by 40 points every single week. And then somehow by the end of that, 
you know, Michael Chiklis, whatever, he's like, you know what? Well, we're going to go play Long Beach Poly. And then for some reason, and everybody like, else, oh, okay. yeah, okay, go do it. And then <laughs> nothing changes with the league schedule, and you all of a sudden feel bad for De La Salle. Like, all of a sudden, they're the underdogs now. I'm like, no, that's not how that situation yeah. works. And you shouldn't root for a team like that. I totally agree with Michael. That's what made the the the, the, the that was the best worst uh, part for Michael for sure, and and for me. So the my bet my best worst scene in the in the movie, um, it takes place at a, at a drive-in that doesn't yeah. exist in Contra Costa <laughs> County. This drive-in I've never heard of in my entire life. I googled oh, yeah. it. It's a chain based in like I've lived West 30 Virginia. I've conquered my whole life and have never heard of this drive-in. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fake drive-in. The closest chain that they have uh, to to California is in Idaho. Um, so so whatever it is, I don't even know the name of it, but it was so weird just to see. Um, so do you think they paid for that? I don't know because it's like not Dick's, that, like it's, Dick's it's not like Foster's paid. Freeze or like Dairy Queen or something. It's not a big like yeah, exactly. company. So who knows what it is? Maybe like the the, Maybe the writer Carter's. or the director. Yeah, yeah Thomas Carr. <laughs> I really like this driver. We got we got to here. I'm like okay, you know, we right. need a Mr. Ice Creams in this thing. <laughs> this is like the effort to sort of drag. You wanted to drag it back into the time of innocence, right? Because you're trying to build a yeah. to the team, so you bring them back. Okay, we're at the driving. We're getting milkshakes and root beers, and then you have to stop and remind yourself it's 2005 in this movie okay mm-hmm. like this is yeah. this is post 9-11 this is a different world yeah, all right this is a whole you're not whole hanging out you're high school kids you're, you're you know top of the world you're not you're not hanging out at the root beer shop after school you're <laughs> yeah. out at somebody's house smoking a blunt and just <laughs> thinking about what college you're gonna get a scholarship well we were going to, to like la costa and uh eating burritos and then playing halo halo was huge remember halo yeah. But yeah, whatever you were play doing in well, Michael wasn't playing Halo. Yeah. He was he was I going was home alone. You play Halo. Yeah. But the, the point is, you were not you were not sipping a root beer in a drive-in, oh, yeah, you know, no. whatever, in 2005, Concord. Let's yeah. actually pretend that this is a, a reality and that this is uh, 1956 and not 2005. So th- they're in there, they're hanging out. The the fo- a couple football players, a couple star football players with their girls hanging out, drinking bottle bottle root beer. Man, it's totally hip, totally fashionable. They're they're doing their best, uh, you know, just just doing just being kids. Um, Beezer, your favorite character, honorable, oh me- your favorite honorable mentioned character. Beezer shows up with uh, with apparently the hottest girl in school at uh, at uh, whatever the the female uh, school is next to Carondelet. DSL. Yeah, Carondelet. Uh, which by the way, <laughs> which by the way, the the way most uh, private Catholic schools work is you have the boys only school and then you have the girls only school. So it would be uh, De La Salle is the is the men's uh, version, and then the, the women's version of this private school would be Carondelet or Carondelet. 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 That's what we call it. I think it's French, so you do Carondelet. I'm almost positive I've never heard that before. Until okay. Just, until well, I'm just, calling it Carondelet. Uh, seconds ago. Okay. Carondelet. But so so Beezer shows up with his uh, Beezer shows up with his girlfriend and uh, the girls obviously need to go to the washroom to go freshen up because you know it's 1956 not 2005 um, and the guys are like man the, the guys already sitting at the bar or sitting at the root beer stand go oh, man how did you get with her she asked me huh she asked him out tell me did you jump in all over that no we're we're waiting. They're waiting. For what? The big day. We took a purity pledge. Son, what's the name of the cult that you're in? Pleasant Hill Baptist? (laughs) 
That boy's taking one too many shots. And instead of bursting out laughing and and obviously ridiculing this 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 quote unquote promise that these two knuckleheads are giving to each other, uh, they look at each other with a side of a what is it uh, with an epiphany sort of look to each other like, oh wow. That's really cool. Like, like they gave a mentality of like that was an okay thing, and that they wouldn't, you know, make fun of him the rest of his life for for saying <laughs> that. Uh, that was the best worst scene for me. It was just a. It was weird because those obviously weren't high school children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your no, best worst scene, Nick? No, I I agree. I thought that. That was the scene that stuck out as the scene that didn't fit in the movie. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It was just like, where do kids hang out nowadays? The local diner. Like, had they made it an In-N-Out, it would have fit. A Denny's, oh, yeah. even. Oh, Denny's or an In-N-Out would have definitely... In-N-Out is where shit goes down. Yeah. Because like, yeah. they're open until 1.30 in the morning. So, like, there was constantly fights and, like, gangs and, like... People hooking up like yeah. that happened in In and Out Burger. <laughs> Steph Curry took Drake to In and Out in Oakland after a Warriors game once. In and Out's where it goes down. It yeah. really right? is. <laughs> but you definitely yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. it in varsity uh, And you would think that. Uh, yeah. And you would think In and Out would allow that because they're they're very very faith based yeah. as well. Just I went, like this I went to In and Out last night at at uh, twelve thirty in the morning. Ooh, good man. And uh, there was cops there. Oh no! But they were eating. Was this Brett, was this <laughs> was this your local in and out or out local of town? Oh, okay. So what was your best? Uh, or no? What? Uh, no, uh, I'm a, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, scene that worked for me. Best scene. The football. The football scenes were good. Yeah, they were really great. I I want to say that that's the only good this, part of this uh, movie. Yeah, I'm gonna give this movie credit in its football sequences because those were legit. I loved that the tackling was on point. It seemed real, and it was still stylized enough where you could see what was happening. Like, a lot of football movies either lose their way or find their way in the football portion, and this movie had its, like, football portion on lock. Mm -hmm. Like, aside from the fact that you know these aren't high school kids, because they were huge a lot of the time. Like, the kid that played the running back, I guess, well, I don't know. I haven't been in high school for quite a bit, but... I don't remember motherfuckers being 300 pounds and 6'3 all the well, time. I can tell you from my two weeks of practice, uh, that was a very unrealistic looking team. But I will throw in my two cents. I do agree. The actual football sequences were the best parts of this movie. They were the best parts of this movie. Can I give an honorable mention, though, real quick before we move on? Yes. Um, so I do agree with you in the football scenes are the best parts, especially the highlights. But the fact that the one montage in this entire movie was set to sail by AWOL Nation <laughs> freaked me the fuck out. Oh Why would God. you ever put this song sail! in a football movie? <laughs> yeah. This is a song about a guy breaking up with a woman, it sounds like, <laughs> and, and he wants to kill himself or something. And you're talking about people getting hit by like major major league linebacker hits. Like, that was the only time in the movie where I was like, there's music in this movie? <laughs> and it's sail by AWOL Nation. It fits nowhere in this movie. I, I know that they Sony Pictures was like, we already have the rise to sail. Yeah. You guys yeah. want to say it? They're so like, wake me up and wake me up and say <laughs> Well, they had it in the opening sequence um, right until final edit, and then they moved it to something more exciting, which, uh, you know, at least feels a little better. Are you just better. making that up? <laughs> I'm, I'm making this up. Um, okay. It's a true story you made up. Yeah. A uh, scene that didn't work for me was, you know, most of the other scenes. Yeah, everything else, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much everything else. I I, I I can agree with that. I can vouch. It was for that. really just like the whole thing is just 
contrived. It was just like, what should a football movie be like? Eh, probably God in football, right? <laughs> and I mean, that's literally that's what this movie it. did. I mean, yeah. this movie yeah. was... This movie was just like, yeah, we're just... We're about two things. God and football. It did take a... It did take a... <laughs> Sudden and dramatic religious turn, which I didn't see coming. Oh yeah, I the mean se- the second that he got caught, I didn't know that if you smoke twice, you uh, get a heart attack. <laughs> like if you lose your faith, which reminds me of the next segment: best lines. Oh, best lines. We're getting into it. Okay, I'm gonna take the uh, the lead on this one, and uh, my favorite lines. I couldn't choose between three of them. But then they all had something in common, which was sons yelling at dads. <laughs> and, <laughs> and sons yelling at dads was my favorite lines in the whole movie. So we did one in the uh, in the acted out scene, which is... Say, I promise I'll take you that record, dad! Adam. While and he's crying. But my, my second favorite was... So, Joe, Bob... <laughs> so Bob has a heart attack, right? Joe Bob. From smoking two cigarettes. And, uh, and losing his face. I love that they keep the camera on the cigarettes the whole time, too. They're just like, these things are real bad. Man, me. that heart attack uh, sequence, by the way. Oh, Lord Horrendous. Like, yeah, she's like, we about to do it right now? Yeah. And then she rolled over and she's like, he's dying. Yeah. He's Wait, dying for oh, sure. Oh, you're it actually took dying. about four minutes to find a phone. A because, phone! again, it's 2005. Everyone has Nokias at minimum. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, there's a whole play on, like, where's I'm, the phone? Call find my, find my I'm playing Snake. I can't exit this game. I'm on the yeah. highest level possible. Mom. Yeah, the sun is going outside to, like, light smoke signals to alert the nearest <laughs> army ranger stand that we Mom. have a medical situation. It's ridiculous. Mom, where's the Sanyo cordless? <laughs> yeah. So my favorite thing is the dad wakes up out of his heart attack coma after they did surgery on him and the nurse says like or the doctor says yeah you can't coach football like because it it really hurt your health and you you're need too to stressed out yeah you're too stressed out and the first reaction by his family his own son is near term i'll be happy if you're in good condition by april that's spring practice not for you you've got five stents and one shot to heal Stepping onto a field before summer? Don't even think about it. Dad, you're gonna coach me next season, right? I appreciate you not dying at all, but but come on, coach. Unbelievable. So yeah, kids kids yelling at their dads. Yeah, great. Best lines. Yeah, any other one of those lines. Uh, this this uh, little conversation that uh, your boy Beezer, your boy Beezer had uh, during the game during the game against Long Beach Polytech, which was the the big game that yeah. they were supposed to win. And it was the hot game in, hot in game. the middle of the... It was all of the not true things about the movie. Yeah, it was the most unrealistic uh, <laughs> a game in the movie. Anyways, uh, Buster Matthews, one of the star defensive players, or offensive linemen, right? Offensive linemen. Offensive linemen in the movie uh, goes uh, to, says to Beezer, You know why they call me Buster? Because you're stupid enough to let him. Oh, snap, Beezer. Yeah. With, with the burn of the century of the movie... Good job. I love Beezer. Well, this is a fantastic Subway. Su- subway. Also, subway. Also a good segue. Yeah, I want that footlong. What's your yeah. favorite footlong? Yeah. So my my favorite quote here has exactly <laughs> to do with these with these two individuals. Um, it's getting near the end, all right? So we're, we're setting the scene for for this big game against uh, Long Beach Poly. And uh, Michael Chiklis, he tells the team, hey, listen, 
One of the things that sets us apart is that we share our emotions with each other before each game. As yeah. if this is the only football team in America that shares our emotions with each other in the locker room. So we're, we're in the middle of emotion sharing right before the big game at the, uh, the end of the movie. And Beezer stands up. And he's talking about, you know, what, what drives him, you know? And he said, when I found out we were playing Long Beach Polly. When we first watched Polly's film and I saw Buster Matthews, I was scared. Then I remember something Coach Ladd told us on my first day of practice. Face your fears. That night I pasted Buster's name and his number on my ceiling above my bed. And every night since, no matter how tired I was, I've been saying, Buster Matthews, number 79, you are mine. A hundred times every night. I promise you guys, we're not gonna lose because of Buster Matthews. I, I just laughed because oh, you're, yeah. you're a high school kid. Yeah, it, it wasn't just his name. He was saying, like, I own you, Buster. Yeah, I own you. Sometimes he yeah. whispers it. You know, maybe sometimes he's Or no, he, I think he said, you're mine. Yeah, you're, you're mine. Because I remember being like, you're mine. Wow, like Valentine. It was a nice, like, uh, it was a nice subplot. I mean, he, yeah, it's, 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 cool. he's, a, he's a religious kid, took a pledge, uh, you know, virginity pledge, uh, you know, got the promise rings. And uh, goes to bed every night, just kind of yeah, whispering we, the name of uh, you know a star player of another whisper, football team. Whispering, let's just, perfectly let's just normal. agree. Let's just agree that Buster is the worst. Is and a that Beezer is Buster the is best. A Buster. And why were their names so close, by the way? Buster <laughs> and Beezer. You know, that's the rivalry that 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 should have been. Okay. I just think there's there's a whole sequel opportunity here with Beezer where um, we sort of explore these these feelings and emotions <laughs> a like bit a, deeper. Go go to his real life now where he's like a carpet salesman. <laughs> Buster oh, Matthews walks oh in. Oh my god. Hold that. We're saving that for the game portion of the evening. <laughs> okay. But now that we've finished best lines, it's time for the uh, fine now, it's time for the top five. Top five! Ever the top five, we're going to rank the players in order of skill. Oh, man. Okay. Do coaches count? Coaches don't. Uh, ah, yeah. Ah, no. I only no. know like three names from this movie. Yep. We're going to have to just, you know, make it up as we go. Okay, cool. Uh, number one. Let's all agree. Let's all say it at the same time. <laughs> one. One, two, two three. three. Beast. Terrence Kyle. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Beast. Yeah, Beast. Terrence Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Kelly. Who was Beast? We said Beezer. <laughs> I said oh, Beezer. Oh, you guys both said Beezer? I said Beezer. I thought you were talking about Beast, which was the nickname for Chris Ryan. Yeah, Beast. Who had oh, almost the most touchdowns. And he Cal- tied the record. He tied the record. He tied the record, which I think is good enough as breaking it. Which right? I think now is the time to point out the facts and the fiction really quick. Really quick. Chris Ryan didn't exist, okay? So there's let's no get that on the table. Yeah, he no never existed. Was there a running back who was supposed to break the record during that year no. but didn't? Oh, wow. None of it. Wow. So some facts and not facts. Facts. We got kid Terrence Kelly, who was going to Oregon, got shot and killed. And uh, they arrested a 15-year-old who, it turns out, was a, mista- a case of mistaken, mistaken identity, identity. Of course. Which is very sad. Uh, Cam Colvin. Did go to Oregon. Did eventually go there, to Oregon. There was a heart attack for the coach. Did Cam Colvin have a career post-college? He did play for the Niners. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. And then he, uh, now he is an entrepreneur. Ooh. 
So he he made it. He made it. So the real heart attack. And uh, yeah, Mac Jones drew. So then Mojo. So some fiction. We got Long Beach Poly game. Did not happen that season. Nope. It happened three years earlier. Yep. <laughs> Which I don't know. How at the, night, by the way. At night, not during the day. Not during the day. So where like, it's one hundred and ten degree temperature. So literally twenty five minutes of this movie just never existed. Yeah, never happened. Well, the majority of the movie. I mean, Mac Jones Drew was, was in that game and did dive in the end zone, and the coach did get mad at him. So oh. But uh, also shout out to Amani Toomer, who who lost the last game that De La Salle had lost before the streak started. Wow. Yeah, New York Giants legend. Wow. Amani Toomer. Uh, yep, so that's as far as it goes, facts and fiction. So uh, top five, we're ranking the players. So Chris Ryan, I think we can we can put at the top because he had eighty nine touchdowns in a high school career. That's insane. Like yeah. <laughs> that's that's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, that is definitely. Let's uh, agree that that's a lot of touchdowns. Definitely not a real statistic. I'm gonna put Terrence Kelly as the next one. We saw him in one game. He was dominant. Nobody could touch that guy. He destroyed him. <laughs> he he seemed like the next Barry Sanders. I'll say it. Nobody else wanted to say. It. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Richmond. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds racist now. <laughs> Kyle, cut the, mm-hmm. cut the racism. Number three, number three, I'm going to say Cal Colvin. Cam Colvin. Calvin Colvin. Cam, Cam Colvin. <laughs> Cameron Calvin Colvin. Calvin Coolidge. Colvin. Best Colvin. Pres- let's rank the presidents. Top five presidents. <laughs> 45. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got Cam Colvin in the in the middle. In the middle, who do you yeah, got number so then, four? So the four and five spots are open. That's what that's what I need you guys help on. Okay, so we're right. thinking uh, Tayshon. Yeah, Tayshon uh, Lanier, uh, the cocky wide receiver. Yep. Who takes over for the coach's son? Who fucking sucks at being a wide receiver? By the way, he's the worst player. Can we talk about how many drops he has? He has <laughs> like, so many drops. Yeah, like. The summer that his dad got had a heart attack was the summer that his hands turned to stone. Yeah. <laughs> like, this dude made one catch the whole rest of the movie after his dad had a heart attack. Hey, it was an important play. Uh, well, he did that important deflection, well, which deflection. didn't require him to catch a ball, so good, uh, good on him. My favorite part about the deflection was that his own dad was like, good play on second down. You you, you, you did that. You made that happen. And Even though like, there were two other downs to be had. Yeah. yeah. He was just, he was, yeah. All he says is just like, my dad loves me now. <laughs> He's like, you're not. You're gonna be a coach when I need a dad. And now you're gonna be a dad when I need a coach. <laughs> it was just like, ugh, man. Poor but the, the kid that was actually the coach's son said that he had no qualms with the movie. He thought that it was a accurate, pretty portrayal. true, pretty true to form. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, praise Jim uh, Horse Voice Cavizzle in that in that portrayal <laughs> of uh, Bob Bob Lodiker. You're sounding like a real naysayer right now. Oh, you know. <laughs> I can be the contrarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, give us your t- 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 top five. Who's your Who's your fifth? Who's the I'll fifth? I'll just player? round out your five here. I'm gonna go with the kicker on Long Beach Poly. Um, <laughs> but he missed. He missed yeah, that. He missed, he missed the, the crucial field goal. Field goal he he was critical to the sequence of the fake football game, uh, which brought the ending home for the subject matter team of the movie. <laughs> So uh, you know, call me call me a dark horse, but yeah, the uh, the uncredited, unnamed kicker from <laughs> Long Beach Poly. Yeah, and the and the announcing was just like, and misses the kick wide. <laughs> He's probably gonna kill himself tonight. <laughs> it needed more. I believe this this movie needed more Iron Eagle. That's all I gotta yeah, say. I loved the uh, Long Beach Poly name. 
which is probably a real high school. It, it is. Long Beach is. Polytech. Yeah. yeah. But it also feels like a high school that they're just like, isn't that where Snoop Dogg went? Yeah. Just the most NFL alumni from a high school. Interesting fact. Yeah. We might have to keep that in. That's a fine if, fact. if anybody can hear Alex's fucking commentary. Moving on. <laughs> number four and five for me uh, to round out your list, Nick. I agree. Your one through three is perfect. Uh, number four, uh, though, I think I feel like he should be higher on this list. He's an un- unsung hero. Manny Gonzalez. Manny Gonzalez, the no, little no. the little engine that could. He was the man. He get, he gets cracked. Oh, he the still Ru- plays the Rudy? In the game. Yeah, no, the little Garcia. Rudy of the game. Manny Garcia. It says Manny Gonzalez in the in the in the credits. Well, that's wrong. It says Garcia on his jersey. That's the first quarterback is Manny Gonzalez. Oh really? Yeah, that was oh, the quarterback the freshman year, but he graduated. Manny Garcia is the so there's a Manny Gonzalez and a Manny Garcia. I don't think his name is Manny, actually. I think it's just his last name. Arturo. I'm not seeing it, Garcia. Arturo Garcia. Oh, so here he goes. All right, so I'm going to restart it. So number four, unsung hero um, would have to be Arturo. Yeah, we got to talk about Arturo. Arturo's the man. Yeah. He, he goes in, gets cracked by a gigantic player. Oh, the Michael Washington-esque character. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he's fine, so maybe I would have been fine, too. <laughs> yeah, you would have been fine. He didn't, he didn't get no concussion. Oh, his big tackle was him getting steamrolled yeah. and, like, tripping the guy. Yeah. Hey, he, he played the stop. He played yeah. the stop. Yep. And then uh, number five, uh, the 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 second quarterback, Rick Salinas. Salinas, he was I a love wheeler and dealer. You could tell that that dude was all about two things: football and chicks. Yep. You just that knew long that, hair. <laughs> you just knew he was like, man, I'm gonna be so good at two things in life: football and chicks. Modern day sunshine, right <laughs> yeah. there. Jeez. I did. He was the sunshine man. But he was the sunshine not the, man. The non-gay version. And now it's time for the go 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 games portion of the evening. And uh, we're going to play two games, and this is the first time that all three of us are going to be involved in each game. Oh, wow. And it's also the first time that all of us know about the games. Oh, wow. In advance. So, what a twist. If this isn't good, <laughs> I really hope that we need we really need to work out. Then we'll correct ourselves what for, we're the, doing out for here. the next episode. Yeah, what are we even doing with our lives? And the first game we're going to play is not bop it, not pull it, but twist it. Spin it? Spin it? Is that it? that's that that's that qua- that's that, that's the bop it extreme. That's the bop We're not extreme going extreme. We're, we're staying OG. Extreme. We're staying in the twist it. Round. Oh man, we got to twist it. All right. And for twist it, we're each gonna add a twist to when the game stands tall. That makes it a more watchable movie. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, when the game stands taller, if you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or can't now, wait for that sequel. Or now way. the game stands tall. Now the game is standing tall. Or when. Something more than a game stands tall. Oh, okay. Or make it a question: When when does the game stand tall? Yeah, like I'm I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So Michael, you have guest choice. You can either start or end it. Oh, I'm uh I'm gonna end it actually. Wow. Okay, then I think that means that I started some sloppy thirds. So my twist for when the game stands tall is something I said earlier today. Aliens. What? The most, the easiest way to make this a watchable movie? Add aliens. Because you got the contradiction of, Kyle, start the timer. I have one minute. Okay, go. Aliens. Why aliens, you ask? Because what's the contradiction of God and not God? Aliens. Okay? So, so we got these two things playing off each other, and then... 
they they lose their record, they win the record back, they start winning again, but now they have the biggest test of all. The test of God. Do they believe in God or do they believe in aliens? And Space Jam-wise, these aliens come down. They steal the talent from Long Beach Poly and other high schools around the Bay Area. And they take all the best kids and these aliens form a squad, which we're going to call Monster Alien High School. And the Monster Alien High School is a brand new high school that faces off against De La Salle. And it's the epic battle of God versus Alien. What a twist. <laughs> that, was, that would be something I would never see coming in this movie. If yeah, you would see it, but you would never see it coming. You'd be like, oh no, this, this movie just got interesting. Yeah. yeah. It would happen at like the 50 minute mark too. Like you, you think this movie only has 20 minutes max left, which... Which will you think? Which every I will 20 say, minutes. this this movie like they lost their first game forty minutes in the movie, won their first game an hour and twenty minutes in the movie, and I was like, how are either of those not the end of the movie? There is more after each of those things, which just bothered the fuck out of me. It was like all third acts. But Steven, it here was you a go. Movie of third acts. Where's you ready for your? Uh, you ready for Twisted? Uh, oh my god! You have five seconds. Okay. Five, four. four. So the twist would happen uh, during the game against Long Beach Poly. This hot game, 110 plus degree uh, uh, weather situation um, of Long Beach Poly versus uh, De La Salle. Uh, right before the second half kicks off, we see a man in the distance approach the field. He's wearing a, a tan chino pants, brown braided belt, a long sleeve white t-shirt rolled up uh, roll, with sleeves rolled up at the, at the elbows, and a giant... Uh, four by four plank. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Rock shows up from his role in Walking Tall. He goes on the field as kickoff begins and just starts teeing off on kids left and right, beating the shit out of them with the plank, rock bottoming them, people's elbowing everybody, including the special teams, destroys everybody, and now he grabs the microphone from a, from the referee officiating the game. Uh, says everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, you thought the game stood tall today? Well, now it's about to walk tall, bitch. <laughs> That's the end. You'd have to retitle the movie uh, when the game is hey, walking stop tall. Talking. You're out of time. <laughs> I, I am glad that uh, I was wondering the walking tall choice until I didn't put two and two together. I, I was just like, Gridiron Gang, dog. <laughs> like, Dwayne Johnson was in Gridiron Gang. <laughs> I'm just looking at my copy of Walking Tall. <laughs> you bring the whooping? I bring the whooping, you bring the ass. That's a real The Rock T-shirt from the WWE. Okay, Michael. Attitude. I hope you're. Uh, I hope you're. You're stretched and ready. You ready to put a twist? You gotta, this has you a got, timer on it. You I gotta top those two. You, you got sixty yeah, seconds. This is your chance to yell at Kyle. What? Say, Kyle. Do is my timer ready? All right. Hey, hey, Kyle. It's yep, my uh, five seconds. All right. Four. So mine is a little more organic here. Uh, what we do is after the scene at the funeral where Coach Bob gives a speech, we immediately cut to the middle of We Are Marshall. And I'm, <laughs> I'm banking that four out of ten viewers would not even notice. Both teams are green. It's both about football. There was just a funeral. And at some point, you're just like, how long has Matthew McConaughey been in this movie for? 
because I wasn't paying attention, but like the vibe feels the same. So you just continue, <laughs> you just continue with the second movie. No edits, no expensive, you know, acting charges for for more people. We just blend both of the movies together, and you just call it "When We Are the Game." Marshall stands tall. <laughs> Uh, wow. The title that that with, like, with time to spare. I don't, need a, I don't need this 15 seconds. <laughs> Good man. So the when, title would have to be like when when the game uh, uh, when the game when the game when stands we are the game when the game stands, stands comma Marshall. we are Marshall <laughs> or we are when, Marshall that stands tall. Yeah, we are the Marshall that stands tall. <laughs> okay, let's let's all vote. I vote. I Mike. He just kind of nailed that that one. I just love the fact that you're gonna just switch movies. Yeah, I'm just gonna switch movies. You can't vote for your own movie, so let's go around and vote. I'm voting for Mike's. Okay, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll I'll vote for Michael's too, because because you're not gonna vote for Space Jam on on <laughs> Turf. I feel like we are you all, fuck, are you fucking spliced, are you fucking crazy? We all spliced uh, movies in between when the game stands tall that we'd rather watch. So I'd go with Michael's because it's more football it's related. Blatant, than the, it's blatant. It's blatant. Like just because like, yours is about an entirely different sport, and mine's about an entirely different movie and an entirely different uh, genre. Yeah, yours yours turns it into just like a murder movie. Like he's killing high school kids. Hey, it's the rock. So I think we can all agree that Stevens is the most inappropriate. He's gonna lay the smacketh down on Long Beach Polly and De La Sol. And now De La Sol. De La Sol. De La Sol. Not local here. De La Sol. De La Sagia. Better call De La Sol. And now it's time for the last game. It's called Where Are They Now? Brand new game. Where are they now? And uh, we're each going to take a different character. So you can't choose the same one. Mm. And uh, explain where are they now in the future. And we're going to start off with Steven. So obvious, my obvious choice is Beezer. Uh, he's the man. He's the man that you want to see uh, moving on from this football life. He does look like a successful lineman. I don't think that's going to work out for him. I think uh, we're not going to have a time around this then. Um, I think... What's going to happen with him? He's going to run a, a nice carpet store in, in downtown Concord, California. Uh, going to get a nice, uh, a nice flow of customers. Um, some good commission. Uh, he's not yet. Uh, he's not yet a manager, but he's fine with it. He just, he's still a salesman. He likes working directly on the floor with the people. He's more of a people man. Wants to preach the good word while he's selling some good carpet as well. We don't have a timer on this, so I'm just going to say this. Fuck, we no, need a timer. a timer. Okay, Kyle got a timer. How oh, much time wait, what's, How much time we got left? Wait, are we doing it's one minute, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's you over. 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, he spent half the time we'll telling extra, how much we'll, of a timer I have. We'll give you an extra 10. Okay, cool. 20 seconds, yeah, go. All right, so, so he's working at the carpet store, and man, you're not going to believe who walks through that door one day. It's, it's his adversary from Long Beach Polytech. Good old Buster Matthews shows up through the door. Wants to get some uh, wants to get some Pergo for his uh, for his new two bed one bath house. Um, Beezer Beezer happily obliges him because you know what he turns the other cheek. He's a good man of the Lord. He still got his promise ring too because he hadn't married that bitch yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, Beezer. Him and Buster become kind of friends, or at least like customer. You know, he becomes a very, very good customer of Mr. Beezer, Buster Matthews. Not friends, not friends, but you know, not friends. Customer. But he's in his Rolodex. Okay, Michael, who are you choosing, and what are they doing? All right, I'm going to go with Bev, who's uh, Coach Bob's wife, Laura Dern. Uh, and uh, yeah. so, after a extremely just an unbelievable run of wins uh, from her husband, she she circles back on something from the middle of the movie where she is frustrated with how little time he has to spend with his family. 
uh, because he's out pursuing high school football wins. So she <laughs> leaves him um, and immediately falls deeply in love with Jim Harbaugh. Um, and convinces him to quit his job at Stanford to go become the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. A couple of seasons on, they finally make it to the Super Bowl, and we are in New Orleans getting beat badly by the Baltimore Ravens. Not wanting to have given up her whole life in Concord for nothing, she finds a very large plug outside and turns the power off to the Mercedes-Benz, whatever they call it, Super Dome. Dome. So the Superdome in New Orleans, which arguably turned Super the tide... Dark dome. Turn the tide against the Baltimore Ravens just almost enough for them to not win, which they still did. Um, and then now she just she lives alone in Torrance, California. <laughs> she didn't go to Michigan with him. That, that's great to know. Since Michael went off and chose a non-player, I'm going to choose a non-player as well. Wow. I'm choosing Trumpet's son. Wow, Trumpet's <laughs> okay. son. Now, tell me when time starts. Man, that's uh, searching for Sugar Man yeah, right yeah, there. Five yeah, five seconds. You know who became the foremost bugle player in the entire world? Trumpet son. And uh, it's not because he couldn't handle the trumpet, but it is because he couldn't handle the trumpet. It was time for him to move up and out, and there was no, there's just no room for trumpet players anymore. The only, time, the only things you can do are ska bands. He got recruited into multiple ska bands. Which don't make it big since since two thousand four is kind of the end of ska, and uh, his only other chance was to be like a bird type, but he had to do heroin. But he's religious; he can't do heroin. It's a fact. So he decided to move on to a new instrument. Trumpet son is now bugle son, and the bugle son is needed everywhere and all the time. He is the foremost player of the bugle in the entire country, and he does this. Time. Where do you need a bugle? (laughs) With a beagle, maybe? Where do you need a bugle? At the horse races. Oh, at the horse, at the pony, where you bet on the ponies. Oh, okay. By the way, this is subliminal. And and war. Right, but from the... (laughs) Yeah, not just regular war. Like 18th century war. But this movie was all about crossing That's, semant- tigers, that's right? semantics right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> after a, okay, uh, Kyle. After growing up in early 2000s Concord, uh, Bugle Boy went on to fight honorably in World War One. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You're going to judge me, Mr. Lord Dern. <laughs> Lord Dern, Jim okay, Harbaugh, Kyle, false Kyle, reality. Kyle, tell us. Um... If I have to choose one, I'll probably go with Mike's because he actually related it to historical facts. Oh, so so because he mentioned the 49ers. No, this is no. a biased opinion. Oh, yeah. This no, is a biased this, opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should never have let... Okay. We're bringing on choice Mike number two. Mike played it right. <laughs> all right. So cut all this so, part out, so, Kyle. So, Alex, so I've choose? been vetoed and now Alex has... No, no, we're gonna choice. get we're gonna get two cluster. opinions. We're what gonna get two opinions. Fuck of a episode here, just <laughs> yeah. like this movie. Two opinions, two opinions. Alex, what's your opinion? I also like Mike's as well. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> the Laura Dern movie gets the win. Michael, uh, Michael wins both of the games. Of course, guests always win. Congratulations, here. Mike. Well, well thanks, I came to win. thanks for being here. 
Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I uh, will gladly talk about my my brief football career anytime. Okay, uh, you know, just uh, bring me back whenever you feel like. Yeah, it. more yeah, football perhaps, experience uh, than, than all of us combined. That's for sure. Damn straight. Now's the time where we each come up with our own original blurb, so that you would be featuring on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start. So my blurb is: They converted on fourth and goal. If goal was a mediocre football movie about a high school team, I'll never feel bad for. So that's kind of how it works. Like that's probably the best you can do. So now just like try to do something like. You might want to remember the Titans, but you'll want to forget when the game stands tall. Ooh, I like oh, that. Oh yeah, nice yeah, play yeah. on words. Big nice play on that. words. Big fan of that. It's still fun. Okay, uh, mine's probably not going to make any sense, but I don't care because they mention Bible qu- quotes in this movie so much. Mine's Bible quote. Uh, happy is he who repays you for what you have done to us. He who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. That's Psalm 137.9. That is Psalm 137.9, by the way. Actually, if we had said, do not allow a sorceress to live, Exodus 22.18, yeah. that also would have fit. That was my second choice. That was my second choice. <laughs> I think it tripled the amount of money this movie made if yeah, we had yeah. said, when the game stands they, tall, they, do they, not they, allow a sorceress to live. <laughs> They didn't go enough old Bible, you know, First Testament. They didn't. Uh, yeah. They didn't go all the way. Give me some Exodus. Give me some Numbers. Give me some uh, Deuteronomy. Yeah. I want people to die by eating seafood for sure. I'm sure that's part of the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, once again, thanks for joining us, Stephen. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to, to, and, to uh, sit in with you, Nick. What we always say at the end of the episode: Stay real. <laughs> you stay rotten. Yep. Michael, what do you think about that? <laughs> We out. It's a little morning, but I kind of like it. Some films are ripe, some films are rotten. We like our potatoes, our gratin. You ought to film, but you can't even. But here comes Nick and Steve, and they break it down, they turn it out. And when it was over, you wanted to shout, I want my money back. That was real rotten. Real fucking rotten.